Six down to one, yeah? Six to one, yep. Six six to one. Doesn't Chicago have a song that's like 25 to six to four or something? 25 or six to four, yeah. That's the one. That's a great song, too. Mm. Which I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I heard that they got the title of that song because somebody asked somebody the time and they said, I don't know, 25 or six to four. <laughs> and they're like, oh, t- song title. <laughs> Everyone have another, remember that. And then they have another song called Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is? So maybe they maybe they were kind of obsessed with clocks. And then, and then they became obsessed with AOR ballads. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Down the line. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that, that should be the beginning of this episode. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> Chicago uh, Trank. Tranked? <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that. Trank. Here's Tranked tr- and... <laughs> <laughs> We're not drunk. Uh, um, yes, cranked and ranked. Hello, welcome to cranked and ranked. That's a, I. I like beginning shows in a kind of a different way, a little more casual. Like you're just yeah. coming in. You're you're coming in to join us at the pub and we're having a conversation and you come and sit down and bring your beer and we're like welcome join in. We're today we're going to be uh, ranking Testament part two. Hell yeah, of, uh, the Testament ranking. Um, we uh I. I didn't get any hatred for all of my uh, gathering nonsense. I guess it's because at the end of the day, I really, I really like that album. I just think it's for for a testament album, it's uh, pretty overrated. Hmm. But, um, but it seemed like a lot of people kind of had the same sort of feeling that you know, you know, it 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 just depends on what you're wanting out of testament, and like the list could be completely different. Some people have really don't care for their newer stuff, and other people prefer the newer stuff, and so. Um, you gotta say they're they're kind of a unique band in that way because they have it's kind of like Sepultura as well. Sepultura yeah. has fans that just like the old stuff and some that just like the new stuff or think the new stuff is superior or whatever, you know. And um, uh, eventually we will get to that band. Just let yeah. you guys know um, before you know it this mm. this year, right? Don't we have plans to do Sepultura this year? It'll be within the next f- uh, four or five months or so. So All stick right. around. So, yeah. That'll be a good one too. Um, but today we're wrapping up Testament with the uh, top half, or number six down to number, or up to number one. Um, what we think is the uh, best Testament album. Obviously, we are just two dudes uh, with opinions, and uh, we try to. And be we are right little... every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. I was I was going to try to make some sort of you know excuse and like, you know here's we try to be subjective or. Or is it objective? Those, those are words that I need to look up more often because I use them wrong all the time. So I'm just going to say we tried to be fair, um, but also go along with how we feel about albums. Because at the end of the day, it's music, it's art, it's 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 how you feel about it, what it makes you feel, your 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 relationship with that particular album or artist or song or whatever. Um, and so that's that brings us to here, second half of Testament. I think. Um, since we're talking about Testament, um, it would be appropriate before we even begin uh, to do a little uh, a little tribute uh, to uh, Mr. Johnny Zazula or Johnny yeah. Z, as you you uh, may know him. Um, he passed away this last week, and he was uh, one half of the uh, 
of the husband-wife team that started Megaforce Records. His wife, Marsha, I think she died last year, maybe the year before. Mm. Um, so the Zuzulas uh, are, are now gone from this earth, unfortunately. But we have to say something about them, not just because Testament, you know, a lot of their shit was on Megaforce. Or at the first, I don't know how, four or five albums were on uh Megaforce, even when they got signed, they were, you know, did, did like a co thing where they had a major label and Megaforce. But not only that, Megaforce Records is responsible for four, for, well, 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 for the beginning of three of my favorite bands of all time. And then later on, they put out content by another one of my favorite bands of all time. So you got Metallica and Anthrax, both started Megaforce Records. Testament, already, already bangers. Testament started on Megaforce Records. King's X started on fucking Megaforce Records. Damn. Yeah, that is, they put out, they did the same thing. I think Testament, I'm not Testament, King's X was on uh, Megaforce through their fourth or fifth album when they went to a major. But then they came, I believe they came back and they, and Megaforce has been doing, put out other things by them. But then on top of that, Later in their career, Living Color put out albums on Megaforce Records. So, but yeah. then there's other bands that you could all name as like bands that you love that also had some kind of relationship with Megaforce Records. So they are an insanely important label, still going. I'm assuming that you know somebody else is taking it over. Um, but I just had to say, you know, rest in peace, Johnny Z. Um, rest in peace. Super important dude in my life. In my life, if. I mean, I'm sure somebody would have, you know, taken a liking to Metallica and shown them on their way, but the way that it ended up working out, it was through Megaforce, and so my favorite band of all time started there. And, you know, that the dude, the dude clearly means a lot to to people like me that you know, are really into these bands. So yeah, um, so yeah, um, rest in peace, Johnny Z. And uh, now we'll we'll get on to talking about. Um, a bunch of albums that were on Megaforce records today, <laughs> except for one, there's one that I'm going to talk about that wasn't on Megaforce. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, our, our top six Testament albums and um, let's just fucking jump right into it with, uh, with Eddie Sparks and his number six Testament album. Cool. So my number six Testament album is low. All right. Yo, Zombarsi. Fucking awesome. Um, yeah, um, this is their like foray into, I'd say their proper foray into the 90s where they went full on groove metal. You mm -hmm. had their kind of um, black album attempt, so to speak, with the ritual. Yeah. But that was still very much rooted in what would be what I would consider a more old school heavy metal kind of vibe. Sure. With this one, this one, you know, 1994 is what I would consider the birth of modern metal as we call it today. You had some game changing shit happening during this year, and pretty much everything that followed it can be traced back to this period. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to jump straight in. Low is a groove metal mission statement. Fantastic song. Uh, that's, that's, got, that's gotta be low's gotta be up there with like, like a, do you feel like the best like album openers? Like low is, is way up on that list. Cause it's, that's a, yeah. a hell of a way to kick off an album. It truly is. And that's the thing. It, songwriting wise, 
it doesn't feel too different to what they were doing it's just at a slower tempo yeah so like i imagine like had this come out like four years prior it'd be like well it probably would also be in standard tuning and yeah low is but yeah it's it's a killer song to open a record on um then you get legions in hiding uh that's a really good one for the in hiding yeah too because it's like it sounds sounds sneaky that's a Um, yeah that's a great use of the parentheses right there like yeah it's like that unlike that really bizarre um (laughs) billy (laughs) billy idol one that didn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) it was like was that do not stand what is it it was like no it was called uh, stand in something but in parentheses it was don't Stand in yeah. and I was like, well, what? what? <laughs> it yeah, that's, that's the one. Don't stand yeah. in the shadows or something like that. That's the one. <laughs> but in the song, he says, do not stand in the shadows. It's like, just say do not. <laughs> or just put, make the song don't stand in the shadows. Like, why has it got to be in parentheses? It's like the song <laughs> usually known as stand in the shadows because you might want to stand in the shadows. We, we talked about this already. Never mind. Yeah. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> Go watch the Billy Idol episode, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Legions in hiding. Uh, it's this awesome sliding riff in there, like like those chords, um, those octave kind of power chords where you mute the fifth. Yeah, those are always like when they're moving around so quick, they're always impressive to me. Um, Hail Mary. Like this might not be a thrash album, but there's no denying that they transitioned to the groove metal thing exceptionally well. Yeah, like, they always they always had a groove element to them anyway. Like you could call them at times like proto groove, you know. Um, God, what what else have we got? Trail of Tears, awesome song. Which like, okay okay, I got a bone to pick with you because last time you I feel you I feel like you tricked me into thinking that I my brain was going in my old age. Cause I'm all like, yeah, there's a ballad on low, and you're like, I was being facetious, and I'm like, wait, what? Did I? Am I? To- I don't know what. And now I, know, I don't even know what you meant by that. But it had my brain like I immediately got through with the episode and went to go listen. Like, am I fucking? Is something going wrong with my brain? Where I thought that was a ballad, and turns out nothing is wrong with mine. Nothing's wrong with this brain. Um, at this point, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You're all good, buddy. I I, lo- I love that I love that 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 this song is on this album because it's so it's perfect. It's such an amazing song, but it yeah. also just it breaks up the flow of the album, and and God, why are why are people so afraid of doing slow songs now? Like, what the fuck yeah. is the problem? You know, it's because it's for posers, nerd. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Your face think, said it all. I yeah. think I said. I think I said it last time that if you're that if you're that worried about coming off like a poser, then aren't you the one putting up the facade? <laughs> so, uh, ballads get you laid. That's clearly something these people don't think about, bud. That's true. That's that's the way. That's that's the way cultured individuals like ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we ju- everything's judged on ourselves the, on the factor of w- will you get laid from this or not. <laughs> uh, but it, it's an awesome, like, really very. It's got like a personal connection historically, considering Chuck Billy is of Native American descent. Yep. There's there's actually quite a 
quite a thing of um, native descendants in um, Thrash, isn't there? Because we got Joey Belladonna as well. Is also of yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting. Yep. But um, they make kick-ass thrash vocalists. <laughs> yeah, um, clearly, sh- Shades of War, more groovy heaviness. It, it's a very it's a very straight-faced, no bullshit album. It's like this it this is gonna rip your balls off and <laughs> reattach them the other way around. Like it kicks major testes if you attach them the other way around what does that what does that mean because I mean, i've never you know i've never looked at my balls from the other creative. side so i don't know if there if there's a difference in the two sides but i'm, assu- I'm assuming and you know in the, how your how this whole system of your body works like you know I, creating sperm and whatnot yeah i guess uh, it, would, it would matter I would imagine they'd be rendered slightly more vulnerable as there's like more shit going on at the back of them. But aside from that, yeah, I just, it just, that's just such a weird, a weird threat. Like, I'm going to cut your balls off and put them back on backwards. I mean, everybody's going to walk away from this episode with a nice new creative insult. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, a, or a threat rather. That, that, that would probably, uh, that would probably take, take care of like, you know, a disarming a, a, a hostile person. If you tell them something yeah. like that, they would be equally like, like, oh, you're threatening me, but also, wait, what? <laughs> All right, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, this guy's a fucking freak. And secondly, this guy knows a little bit too much about anatomy for me to start a fight with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what does he know about the human anatomy, especially the, the, the nutsack that I don't know? <laughs> I'm going to go home and Google that. Fuck this fight. Oh, uh, um... Where, where are we at? Shades of War. Uh, yep, we, on that one. we were on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I done that. Uh, P, C. I was doing the full stops there. Uh, it's a, that's a new one. In, in case, instead of the parentheses or uh, brackets, as they're known in this country. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's some sleazy riffage in P, C. Uh, dog-faced gods going full death growl on this one. Like, this showcases a sound they'd really go for on the following album, Demonic. You know, this is the most death metal thing you're getting on here. Uh, All I Could Bleed is just riffy groovage. Uh, Here we go. Urot Dookie Doji. I I totally didn't say that right, Uh, but... All the, all the letters were there. <laughs> to be completely honest, that's the first time I've ever heard that name of the, the name of that song said out loud. <laughs> I, mean, I, I probably said it completely wrong. But <laughs> so if, if nobody's ever said it out loud before, then you're right. You created what it actually is. Hey, I'm a visionary. Remember me when I get to the top. <laughs> uh, it's a badass kind of funky instrumental. Uh, chasing fear. It's like slightly funky groover. Yeah. Ride has Fear Factory vibes with that drum pattern. Um, Last Call. Now, it, this is an interesting one. Like, Last Call, it could have just ended with Ride, but it, yeah. is, it is the 90s, so, you know, extended run times are mandatory. Uh, so it's a cool guitar harmony thing, but it's, you know, it's, it's a cool way to close out, but it, it's not the most necessary of tracks, but it's still cool, though. 
it's yeah. a pr- pretty damn good foray into the groove metal of the 90s. However, I have a soft spot for the old school vibe of the stuff that came before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to hand it over to you for your number six. Awesome. Um, we're, I'm going to come at you from the other end of things for my number six. Oh, uh, shit. Where's he coming from? <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, My number six is The Legacy from 1987. Wow. Uh, the uh, The debut album okay so it's it's interesting because the this album had to go in the top half because it's 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 where it all started and not only that like they already kind of had their own sound like the testament sound is pretty much already there like you and i I like the fact that they you can make comparisons with other thrash bands but I really do think they kind of in, in that world they have their own unique way of doing things. Their riff writing and Chuck's vocals, yeah. And I just love how right out of the gate they kind of had all their shit together. And this is a classic thrash album. Like, you know, being at number six doesn't really in the world of Testament doesn't really mean much. It's all it's all really strong stuff. Um, and also like right out of the gate, the interplay between Peterson and Skolnick is already sounding fucking badass like it's mm. did, i mean it's like you know i said it on the last episode those two were meant to play together and it just sounds amazing on this album um so this ends up at number six even though i do really like it because i i do think that over their next few albums and later on in their career too the songwriting improves as the lyrics especially improve now maybe i'm maybe i'm shitting all over steve zetro because a lot of these he had lyric <clears throat> lyrics to when he was the singer when they were called legacy um but i just i uh i don't yeah the lyrics are kind of kind of silly and um (laughs) and some and some of it if you listen to the songs in a row and you really start picking apart like what they're doing there's a sameness to several songs where i'm just like oh it's kind of the same tempo it's kind of the same format of the song it's just different riffs and different vocals but the vocals are also kind of the same. So it's there's a lot of that on here. So while it is classic and I I you know I love this album. It's great. Um if you're really talking about what Testament could do, what they were capable of doing, um they would blow this album away in my opinion um hmm. several times over. Um so yeah, they you know they would do much better than this, but this album started it all and it's an absolute classic, so it had to be in the top half, so it rounds out my top six as the number six the legacy nice i have a question to ask seeing as it's on my mind and it's behind you um is the because i i the only version of the legacy i own is a cd um i don't have a vinyl of it yet uh is the vinyl mastered as quietly as it is on the cd because like i have it on my um phone and it is one of the quietest albums i have like if if something on shuffle if it's on shuffle and i have it on like the bluetooth speaker while i'm in the shower like something from the new order comes on and it's like fucking really loud and then immediately something from the legacy comes on and it's virtually inaudible (laughs) i don't unfortunately i don't have the you know because you're not 
when you're playing a record, you're not listening to something back to back where it makes that kind of difference. But I don't remember having hmm. to crank the volume up ever listening to the legacy. I'm assuming it's probably the one that's available digitally. Maybe it's not a remastered one and the other ones are. Yeah. And so they're, they, they boosted the volume, but it's never struck me as anything that's like super low, but a lot of older recordings, like they're not, you know, brick walled all the shit like they are now. And so yeah. you turn them up and it's like, I don't know. I, I guess it's, I guess that kind of thing has never bothered me enough for it to even register when I put on something, <laughs> you know, there's Fair. a few records like that where you do really have to turn it up. But, um, at the end of the day, I'm like, I mean, does it still sound good once I turn it up? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have some news. It's personal news. It doesn't affect any of our listeners. However, I thought I'd bring it up. I have good news. I'm getting okay. my old vinyl set up back because nice. I'm moving house. Wow. I get so, to, so, I, so I get a, brand, a, brand, a, a brand new house? Nah, it's back oh. with um, back with other members of family, but I'm converting, gotcha. the, ex- I'm cur- I'm converting the extension into a studio to make badass shit in and nice this is good news people yeah this is good news i've been in a house for the last three and a half years where i can't even put posters on the wall which fucking sucks but i just put i'd put them up anyway i i got a soundgarden poster from my friend i stuck it on a wall i stuck it on the door it's technically not a wall so it's allowed (laughs) or at least i think it is but yeah, moving house kicks ass. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Get out of that oppressive place where you can't put posters on the wall. Jeez. Yeah, that sucks. What do you want to <laughs> do with your life? That's exactly what I thought <laughs> of. Like the, somebody shows up to like yell at you for, for, your, for your, uh, your posters being on the wall. And then all of a sudden Twisted Sisters show up and they fly out of the window. <laughs> We're not going to take love. I love those 80s Twisted Sister videos. But yeah. more on that, in the Twisted Sister episode, we will also be doing this year at some point. Man, we're giving a lot away to these uh, to these listeners and viewers. Hey, hey they, they don't know when it's coming, though. That's so true. They'll, That's they'll true. be waiting with bated breath. You're just, just going to be walking up, down the street one day, minding your own business, and boom, Twisted Sister cranked and ranked. Mr. Sister! <laughs> on oh, your yeah. uniform! <laughs> This is going to be... I carried an M16, and you carry that guitar. (laughs) We're we're, we're blowing all that out. (laughs) Cut cut it off there. Uh, It's a little little taste of of the Twisted Sister one that will come sometime in the future. They'll get a rerun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So uh, my number five five. is... Mm -hmm. My number five is... Souls of Black! Right out of the gate, like of their first four albums, this is the one I've spent the least time with, and that has nothing to do with the quality of the album. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. Back when I was a teenager, I would mostly buy music on CD because I could rip it to my iPod. I love how you say, back when I was a teenager, four (laughs) years ago. Oh man, yeah, like I've I developed the grandpa mentality very <laughs> very swiftly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would buy music on CD because it I could rip it to my iPod and still have a physical copy. And this yep. was this was 
before you were guaranteed to get a download code with a vinyl. So I thought to myself, I would reserve vinyl for like my favorite, favorite, favorite albums, you know? Yeah. But um, I was staunchly anti-streaming initially because I really wanted to support the artist and I was a stubborn kid that didn't like change. Um, we fear change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was... I would buy CDs from HMV in Truro, uh, Cornwall's one and only city. And in the metal section, they had pretty much every Testament album, but this one. And like, I feel, I feel like there may have been like a market research element to that. Like they might've been, Hey, they really like the first three. And they say the fourth one isn't very memorable but we also have a shit ton of copies of the ritual for some reason. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyway, that's why I never really spent a lot of time with this one compared to like mm -hmm. all the other early Testament stuff. Um, but yeah, beginning and the end, if I had a quid for every thrash album from 89 to 90 that opened with an acoustic instrumental track, I'd never have to work again. Fuck, start, <laughs> starting with Ride the Lightning. It's like 84 yeah. or whatever, you know? <laughs> I know, but it's, it's like you look at albums like, like this one, and then you've got um, Twisted Into Form also starts like that. Uh, Alice yeah. in Hell also starts like that. Like there's this big glut of thrash albums that start acoustically to be, to be honest a lot of bands are fucking up by not doing that because that's the international sign of oh get ready for some shit there's an acoustic intro i'm gonna rip your nuts off and put them on backwards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh but it, it yeah it goes straight into face in the sky which you know is an excellent opener showing off their groovy thrash chops once again yep. um falling fast furious this song is pissed at you love that massive reverb on chuck's voice uh, chuck's voice and reverb are a match made in heaven because the mm -hmm. dude can literally you know just make a hey like it just it sounds so cool to hear his voice travel for like miles yeah um then you get the title track souls of black one of the most badass opening bass lines ever and the one track I knew from this album for a long time, Absence of Light. I had a little yep. bit of a, a little bit of a stroke there. Uh, <laughs> oh, sh like oh shit! The verse riffs in Absence of Light are the stuff of dreams. They're tasty. Um, love to hate is the the tempo shifting around. Love to hate is really fun. Malpractice. Uh, Chuck Billy has a way about him that just adds another three le levels of badass on top of an already ass-kicking sound. One Man's Fate is a gnarly song, and that outro is evil as fuck. The Legacy, juicy chorus guitar. Love that. Mm -hmm. um, you all know me, long-time listeners. Big fan of clean chorus guitar. Um, and then you get Seven Days of May, another gnarly one. Like, but stylistically though this album is a bit of a plateau because it's the least memorable of their thrash era for a reason because it doesn't really evolve yeah. off of the journey that is the first three they get progressively tighter and you know it, with this one it just kind of i've heard some people criticize the production as well it does sound a little bit boxy at times on the flip side, though, 
I'm a slut for reverb, so I love yeah. like. Well, I mean, the... I wouldn't change how this album sounds though. That's the thing is that if I, you know, my gripes only come from having to rank them. I've yeah. never, I, you know, before that, I'm like, whatever. I like the way this sounds. It sounds like it's from 1990. You know, and bum Yeah. Also, also, I would I would say that Souls of Black is probably my favorite album cover that they did. It is um, a really and cool did, album cover. They've done a shitload of amazing. Our artwork for well they they didn't do it you know what i'm saying um yeah but souls of black album covers is, is cool as fuck they're very much like um metallica in that regard they never really went for you know you know barring kill them all which even then isn't like a a full-on blood and gore you know yeah. what the fuck is happening there's just guts everywhere kind of metal thing that thrash bands were remarkably tasteful a lot of the time with their artwork um like and a testament's artwork is very moody like it always sets something of yeah. a tone like look at the four behind you it kind of sets a uh sets a tone and it yeah. does that really well also like you know you see like a lot of you know their old album covers and stuff and like they you know that testament logo and it being like like they they put it like as big as it can go in the top of the album cover yeah and like every time i see it i just go man is that the best metal band name ever? Like, is Testament is such a fucking rad name for a band? It is a good one. Yeah. Like, because, like, yeah, because obviously Metallica is a pretty damn good name, but even, even back in the day when I first heard about Metallica, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Metallica? <laughs> but, like, Testament is a word you can look it up in the dictionary. You know what it is? And it just looks fucking rad. And it just, it just sounds like if you are in a, if you want everyone to tell everyone, like, get ready for this fucking band, like Testament is like, it's yeah, fucking great. It begins and ends with a T. It looks, you know, it's, it just looks, looks awesome. And it's got the, um, absolute perfect thing for a thrash logo, because if it doesn't look like it would be a major health and safety violation, like, it, <laughs> yeah, like, I remember, so, I remember, so, I remember someone saying that if, um, if a thrash album doesn't have a logo that looks like it could seriously hurt someone, it's not a thrash logo. <laughs> like, I don't know. You could do some damage with the testament, though, especially like the one on the New Order. It looks like it's just made out of steel. Yeah, well, beat yeah. somebody over the head with it. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, aren't the aren't the T A and other T all connected by like one big? Fucking I, th I think they are. So you can just grab it by that and then bludgeon somebody. <laughs> like that's that new, the new the new Cannibal Corpse song, bludgeoned by the Testament logo, <laughs> <laughs> and then then died. <laughs> that's a throwback. Oh, yep. I love that. <laughs> If you want to hear some funny shit, go listen to the Cannibal Corpse episodes we did. Those, are, those, were, those were fun. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Unfortunately, um, we weren't doing video at that point, so it's like, it's not quite, you know, you don't get quite the experience, but if you're if you're into podcast listening, then, you know, go check they, that out. They, they, know our, they know our lovely faces by now. I'm sure they'll be able to um, visualize it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Or just like, you know, you know maybe we should, if you, if you want, like send a self-addressed stamped envelope to... <laughs> 
cranked and ranked, <laughs> and we'll respond with pictures of ourselves that you can set up in front of you whenever you're listening. <laughs> They're like ranked. holographic, so like every oh, time you want to, cool. every time you want to like mimic us laughing, you have to shake it like fuck. <laughs> I like that idea. That's the thing, though. Like, I, I there is one criticism I do have about the artwork for um, Souls of Black is okay. that. The Testament logo isn't chunky. It's like all the no. letters are by themselves. And it's kind but of like... I, but I like that. I like the fact that it's almost like the logo is kind of hiding a little bit. Yeah. And and the in the forefront are these you know cloaked figures that look rad as fuck. So, yeah. I, I get that. There, there's just something about me, though, that wants to see like a chunky 3D red Testament logo. Looks like, I, a, I looks like a big-ass ruby. I... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh, Souls of Black. My oh, you're done with that. Yeah, I'm done with Souls of Black. Sweet. Um, uh, once again, I'm we're, I'm jumping to a totally different area from you for my number five. My number five is the Formation of Damnation hey. from 2008. Uh, killer fucking album. Uh, mm-hmm. The return of Alex Skolnick. Um, at this point, because it's been. 14 years i think since this came out 2008 to now around 14 years this album just sounds like a fucking classic album to me now you i play it and i'm just like god damn this album is just it's still as good to me today as it was back when it came out um and then uh obviously you got greg christian on bass um you know and then with so so this would be his his last i think I don't remember when he left. Anyway, <laughs> Paul Bostoff on drums. I mean, which we've, you know, I've had my criticisms of him uh, in the past, but um, for the most part, the dude rules. And on this album, he absolutely rules. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I I just think this album is chock full of badassness. Like it's banger after banger, really well-written songs. It takes what they were attempting to do with the gathering and it does it so much better because it takes, because obviously we talked about this, about how you reach, once they reach demonic, all of the, all of the pieces of the Testament puzzle are now there Yeah, and they put, and then they put them together on the gathering, but it's not quite right. And then they rearrange <laughs> them and finally they, they form up, you know, the modern Testament sound, which is on this one. And it just, the fact that like this far along in their career, you know, which, you know, they've, they've obviously gone even further now, but in 2008, a band coming out with an album this good, mm. just, you know, it's like, it's like how I felt. I mean, even on a grander scale, I felt about death magnetic. Cause I was just like, Holy shit. And I felt <laughs> the same way about formation of damnation. I was just like, I can't believe that they came back with something this good. And, um, and the and you know so that that's a testament, haha, get it? Um, hey, uh, to why a lot of people consider them like one of the best metal bands ever, because they, because they did. I mean, that, and that's why I can't you know even you know we rank their newer stuff lower because it gets a little bit samey, but at the same time, like we you know I said it many times, like their worst album is better than most bands' best albums, yeah. And, and so, you know, there's it's. And the fact that they still, you know, once they once they got back together for formation, they've regularly put out albums at least at least every three years, I think. Mm. And so, um, I just yeah, 
it just I, I like that they keep doing stuff. Like I said last time, I, I hope when they put out another album, we get something a little different. I don't know what exactly that would be, but we'll find out. <laughs> Dubstep. <laughs> I, I would be fine with that. Like, I, you know, if they if they want to add some sort of weird electronic element or something that like is completely left field, like I would be the one singing their praises and and pushing them along. I've I've got it. Testament goes vaporwave. Okay. Uh, is I, that I, a thing? Is that a thing anymore? <laughs> I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to hear them take their old stuff and just slow it the fuck down. All right. To <laughs> be <laughs> fucking post te- testament <laughs> testament chopped and screwed. Yeah. That'll be the next uh it's not, next, bad, that's a, it's not a that's bad a local, album title. <laughs> like that's a chop- that's a local reference over here. That I, yeah. I, I live I live I live in the in the city uh where um, the chopped and screwed style started. Damn. Um, so yeah, which is essentially <laughs> just taking a song and slowing it way the fuck down and turning the bass up. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but still, you know, the fact that it's, you know, it was a big, it's a, it's a big deal around here. It's funny because chopped and screwed literally sounds like a fucking cannibal corpse song, like <laughs> chopped and screwed. Why isn't so? Okay. Who out there has the ability and the technology if it hasn't already been done, why is there not a Cannibal Corpse chopped and screwed? Imagine their music slowed down. Why isn't somebody do that? I, Whoever I, knows how to do that. I think it probably has. It's just under the name of like Hammer Smashed Face, twenty percent slower. <laughs> oh, but I want. I, God, I want to. I feel like I, I feel like I need to do some research and figure out how to do it and put out cannibal corpse chopped and screwed i can show you it's it's like mad easy all you gotta do is go on uh you use garage band for this don't you yep there should be america garage band oh oh (laughs) damn (laughs) there's there's american there's a little thing called flex time and all you have to do is click that then select speed and then there's a little thing at the top right that you just pull and it just stretches the song out oh, like a slinky. Man. Yeah. You'll have some fun really? with that. You, that's you a can... project. That's a project I'm going to get on. Cannibal Corpse chopped and screwed. Then I'll yeah. get sued by them or you know, whatever. <laughs> chopped and sued. Soft and sued. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Formation of Damnation. Hell yeah. Um, amazing <laughs> album, amazing songs, a great variety of songs like that. Like I've, I've, I've said it several times, Testament. Um, while I, while I do make the argument that their last few albums have been sort of samey within the albums, they have a good, they vary things up with the different flavors of Testament. And I just think this is the best example of what they've done this millennium. Like they're, it's just nail nails it all the way around in my opinion. So that's why it ends up my number five, uh, formation of damnation. Moving cool. on. Noise. Right. My, Number four is their fifth record, The Ritual. Nice. I fucking love this album so Mm -hmm. much. It's, I would say it's the easiest one to get into if I'm in any mood. Like, I can throw this one on in any kind of metal mood and be really into it. Um, Mm. It has that kind of middle ground appeal that the Black Album has, that Countdown to Extinction has. If like, if I want to hear stuff that's in a thrash zone that's not really doing the 
sort of stuff. Yeah. I this is one of the albums I reach for and yeah, Signs of Chaos is this cool intro and then immediately they hit you with probably the hookiest song, the most infectious song they ever wrote with um Electric Crown, insanely mm-hmm. catchy song. Um and then right after that you kind of get um I mean, obviously, you can kind of draw a parallel to Sad But True following Enter Sandman with these two openers, really, because you've got So Many Lies, which is a really slow, groovy sort of thing, and it kind of foreshadows the sound they would adopt on low. So so here's the thing, though. Like, I've I've heard comparisons made, like, they were trying to make a Black album, you know, when they made this, but... If you think about like what goes into songwriting and producing and recording and releasing an album, hmm. they had to have been going on at similar time periods. Like it's not, yeah. I don't think they heard the black album and said, we got to do one of those. I think it's just similar. Like the, 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 whatever you call it, the, the, the vibe was shifting. The vibe of what, of what music was going on at the time and what people were listening hmm. to, because I think that there was so much great music out there that wasn't all just fast. And Mm. if you don't have your head up your own ass, you realize there's other great music out there that isn't just fast. So um, a lot of these bands, a lot of the best bands, in my opinion, were the ones that said, look, we already nailed this fast shit. There's all this other great music out there. Let's fuck with some other shit. And so I think it was just like mind, like minded bands. Um, Unfortunately, in my opinion, the ritual should have been, Maybe not as big as the Black Album, but it should have been it massively should have been, successful. It should have been in, very successful, in my yeah. opinion. I think you know. I, I like what you said there. That you know, true musicians, you know, listen to a lot more than just fast shit. Yeah. Um, I would say I would agree with you on terms of uh, the songwriting was definitely still unique to them. I think where the Black Album comparisons kind of come in are with the sequencing of how the album kind of moves. Because you get Electric Crown is like their Enter Sandman and then followed up with So Many Lies. And then they bring the pace back up again with another real catchy one, Let Go of My World, which is also, I think, should have been a big song. Similar in feel to Electric, Electric Crown, and I'm all for it. And then track four, The Ritual big old spooky track it you know it's it's not a ballad but there are spooky parts in it that are very subdued and it also sounds like the exact sort of thing id software would rip off for a dungeon level in the original doom games (laughs) because i think they probably did because if you if anyone if anybody is a gamer in the audience here um <laughs> like Gaming's myself not just for nerds anymore eddie it it was when i'm talking about this um but <laughs> that's true that's that's true back when it's like what 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 game are you playing doom or leisure suit larry like what do yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's the thing um i love that when you go and listen to the music like they're general midi versions of pretty much 
Pantera, Metallica, Slayer, and Alice in Chains songs. Because yeah. there, there's there's one level in the game that's not even being subtle. You you know straight off straight out of the gate is them bones where like you enter and it's like they just added another bar yeah my my personal favorite of all of them is one of them opens up and it sounds like south of heaven but slightly different but the drum fills at the start are verbatim exactly what dave lombardo plays like how they never got sued for that shit, I do not know. <laughs> they probably liked it. They probably thought, ah, oh, free yeah. pu- free publicity. <laughs> did they? So, did they? They they already did a Doom movie, right? Yeah, I think it was like okay. mid mid two thousands. This is yeah okay. I never saw it, but I'm you know, but I my brain immediately went to because we were talking about video games re- recently. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson said one of his upcoming movies is an adaptation of one of the most popular video games ever. And I'm like, is it, is it call of duty or <laughs> cause I'm think cause I'm thinking like he wouldn't do grand theft auto. Cause they, you, can't, you can't do a family friendly version of grand theft auto. Although that <laughs> I'd go see that movie. Like imagine, imagine if they did a grand theft auto movie, but they did it like really irreverent and kind of like fucked with everything and made it this <laughs> ridiculous movie. That would be fun. But I'm just thinking, like, the only thing I can think of, it's got to be a Call of Duty movie, right? Because there hasn't been one of those. Well, here's the thing. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in a shit ton of movies. <laughs> like, and, and you know what? To be absolutely honest, I enjoy pretty much all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I, saw, I didn't think I was going to like Jungle Cruise as much as I did. It's a movie based off a fucking ride. I guess you could say that about Pirates of the Caribbean. But I was like, this is a goddamn fun movie, dude. One like, of my... Just uh, what? Oh, sorry. I was you say your thing first. You were mid sentence. Oh, I, well, I, my, it was even. It, it was like train of thought because I I, I remember like because I had a good friend. Um, this will go, this is going to be a tangent. I'm sorry, but I, my brain already goes somewhere else. Um, I had a really good friend. Um, well, I mean, he's still a good friend, but we don't see each other really anymore. But we when we hung out a lot in the early 2000s, he was really into wrestling, mm. um, which at that point was like. It, it was still called WWF, I think. And then there was WCW. Like there was all this wrestling. But anyway, um, he he convinced me to go two different times with him to go see like what, whatever they used to call it, where it was broadcast live for, for WWF, like Sunday night something or Monday night something. I don't remember what it was. Was it Raw? But it was like literally or, yeah. Monday Night Raw, I think. Yeah. But it was literally there were cameras everywhere and like, you know, I got to see like China and uh, I don't know if Stone Cold was there, but I know The Rock was The Rock was early on in his career, but he was big enough now where he was like one of the headliners like he did later on shit. Yeah. But um, two, two, two quick things. Number one, after seeing him, after seeing him there and then um, soon after that, he, he uh, The Rock hosted Saturday Night Live. I remember looking at my friend and saying, this motherfucker is the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be in, in shitloads of movies. And and I was like, it ended up happening. But no, my, my, my favorite story from going to the Monday Night Raw or whatever is, you know, we all went and everyone makes signs because you want to get on TV. Yeah. So they're all signs. You know, I don't know. Remember what mine said? It was probably something really stupid. But, you know, 
We, but anyway, that doesn't matter. Everyone's trying. Everyone's like getting really into it. We were like second or third row from the ring, like we're we're there, and um, and I'm we're sitting there, and I don't remember who was fighting, but there was you know some some shit going on, and I behind me, I hear this little kid, uh, go, "You're a cocksucker," <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What the fuck?" And I turn around, and this li- this little kid is on his dad's shoulders, and his dad goes, "Yeah, you suck dick." <laughs> And I was just like, that is family bonding right there. The kid and his dad both yelling vaguely homophobic slurs at wrestlers. <laughs> Remember, kids, raise them right. <laughs> anyway, so I, I don't know how we got off on Dwayne the Rock. Oh, because video games. I'm sorry. And I totally, like, whatever you were saying, I just, like, steamrolled all over that. But that was my uh, wrestling uh, chunk. I, I was just going to say that I saw a meme the other day, and it's one of my favorite ones I've seen in a long time. And it's like... Uh, is Dwayne the Rock Johnson in four separate movies wearing pretty much exactly the same outfit? Like, yeah, like the the brown, the light brown, beige, kind of sweaty button up shirt, kind of safari looking. Because he just plays the Rock in every movie that he's yeah. in. And so, <laughs> yeah. I, and I even heard, I even heard a rumor that he does multiple movies at the same time when he flies over to one to film a little bit and then flies over to another one to film it. That's how he has. I tell he has so many movies coming out, like in succession or whatever. But um, that's anyway. awesome. I like the that. dude. Fucking the dude rules. So whatever video game movie he's gonna be in, I'll probably watch it because it, you know, hell yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's the thing, you know. Uh, people are people are very quick to turn around and say, yeah, it's not really a cerebral experience. It's like, motherfucker, action movies never, never were. <laughs> like, it's like, big, big truck, big boom, <laughs> you know, big yeah. gun. I like that. You know? It, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm, but I, you know, I, I got over that once I got to my thirties trying to, trying to pretend that I care about filmmaking. Like I, like I do to <laughs> an extent. Like I can tell when a movie is well done and not well done hmm. or, or well acted or not well acted. But most of the time I don't fucking care. Like if the movie does something for me yeah. and it, it has shitty acting in it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I, I don't care. So it's more like my experience with the movie. So that's why I've gotten so much more into to embracing the shitty comedy or the shitty action movie or whatever, because I'm just like, I have a good time. Hmm. Eventually we're all going to be fucking you know, a bunch of dust, you know, once we're all dead and we're not going to go to heaven. If there, if there is a heaven, we're not going to get there and they're not going to be like, what kind of films did you like? (laughs) (laughs) So just fucking enjoy yourself and shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking enjoy yourself and shut up. That should be our new slogan. Or if talking really loudly uh, makes you enjoy yourself, continue to do that as well. Just don't Hell expect yeah. me to want to listen to you. That's 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 going to be what I tell my kids. Shut up and enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn this car around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we are. Where were we? We are, are we halfway through the ritual? Were we still talking about the ritual? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. I thought we'd gotten through it, but I've actually got the whole track list. Um yeah, deadline. Vocal melodies like this truly convinced me that Testament should make a big five because these fuckers got hooks. Like, yeah. even on their thrashy stuff, um, as the season's gray, stomping mid-tempo thrash goodness, fuck yeah. 
Agony. Now, this al- this song in particular got me thinking, you know, this is my favorite era of rock and metal for a reason, because for a brief fleeting moment in the late 80s and early 90s, everything I love was at its peak simultaneously. Yeah. Like, yep. all the hair metal bands still sounded like hair metal bands. All the grunge bands were putting out their classic stuff. All the thrash bands were going in a radio-friendly direction, which I was nowhere near against because I like no. songs. Um, and so for this like four-year period of complete and utter nirvana, so to speak, which is funny because this was the era of that. Yeah. that it, it just cements to me why I love our pretty much anything released between those years um which which, which it, i like that you say things like that because it, it i feel vindicated a little bit because i always thought that my love of that era from you know the late 80s to the early 90s i always thought well of course i love all that stuff because that's when i was coming of age as a teenager but the fact that you're you are far removed from that you just discovered it on your own and it still has that kind of resonance with you that makes mm-hmm. me go all right maybe it is really good shit yeah, and it has nothing to do with when I grew up, but so yeah, I, and and plus, and for me also, that's when all the best hip hop stuff was coming out, late eighties, early nineties. You yeah. got golden age hip hop, then you got you're going into that the fucking uh, uh, the the god damn it, what's the fucking term? The whenever we don't talk about hip hop, so I don't have that shit loaded <laughs> in my brain. But um, uh, the new jack swing, uh, you know, once once that. Yeah. yeah that's my that's my Girl, new jack swing i must warn you <laughs> yeah um poison <laughs> so um but yeah i love that shit too so you're right this this era yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i would say leading any and r&b at that time was fucking great too so up until so i would say like you know it's like 92 is like right in the thick of things still being pretty fucking badass and testament dropped this fucking badass album so yeah love Which it we're almost done talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the thing we, uh we got the sermon like my only major critique of this album that it does go on a little bit long like 40 to 45 minutes is perfectly fine for a record but this was the beginning of the cd era yeah. um and so people were taking advantage of the runtime and initially when a band comes out with an album and it's got a shit ton of music on it. You're like, oh, I have so much to dig into. And then, you know, obviously that has its pros and cons, but then you but, get but most, most of the time a really long album isn't necessary, but yeah. I mean, I don't, there's nothing on the ritual that I don't like. So mm. I, I don't know what they would remove. Yeah. That that's the thing. Like oh, return to serenity as well. Like what an awesome, like this one's a straight up early nineties, metal ballad and i love it um i just love that they did like five five albums in a row with mm. with ballad type songs on it and um and I, I miss that i miss that so much like just yeah it just bums me out that that's that's a th- a, th- a thing that people thing like the turn up their nose at and i just yeah. i i i don't know whatever i'm with you <laughs> i'm with you on that one yeah break Bring back the power ballad. It's okay to cry. 
<laughs> but it doesn't. I mean, they don't have to be love songs. They could be Testament style ballads, just like just like experiment with things a little bit and slow down the tempo and turn off the distortion for a little bit. Like it's yeah. you know, y'all motherfuckers act like the song needs to be about pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it could be about dropping your toast on the floor, motherfucker. Just be sad. <laughs> That, you know, challenge accepted. Let's write a song about dropping the toast on the floor. Yeah, I did that the other day, too. I felt legitimate defeat. <laughs> you immediately grabbed your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I just took one look at it, like one tear went down my cheek and I was like, Man, that was the one that had the raspberry jam on it. That's my favorite. <laughs> Shit. Man, you can't, and like, at my house, you can't get away with that at all because I have four dogs. So if, yeah. some, if something touches the ground for half a second, it's, it's gone. And, yeah. I, and I fucking I fucking sweep once, sometimes twice a week all, up all the shit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Food hits the ground, boom, dog hair is on it. <laughs> it's like, so it's the worst thing in the world. Oh, man. But uh, finally, you get, you get troubled dreams evil sounding closer it's you know definitely an album that is is clearly from an era and that era happens to be one of the greats and in my opinion the yeah. greatest uh but yeah that is my number four le ritual also that is that's 30 years old this year correct it's it is uh, 1992 um, but I'm not going to talk about that album yet. I'm going to move up two years from our number four, Low, from nice. 1994. Um, this album fucking rules so hard. And um, it's got James Murphy on guitar, mm. who I love that guy. He was in Cancer. He was in a, a, a one-off death metal thing called Disincarnate. That's I, It's one of my favorite death metal albums. Um, he also played in Obituary. Um, that dude just shows up does some badass shit and then moves on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's great. Plus you got John Tempesta on drums. John Tempesta is a great drummer. Um, and, and we've already talked about how great the song low is uh, for an intro. This album is just like, I just love, like, here's the thing. We could, it, it, it's good that we're coming out of this. You talking about the ritual, me talking about low because Testament as a band, the reason why I consider them one of my favorite bands is because of this, the, 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 these particular two albums, like I love low because it comes after the ritual and vice versa. Like both of them are so well done for what they're trying to do. Yeah. That I'm just like, it's almost like, you know, once we're at this point, once we're at this number four, like these four albums, I, it's so hard for me to choose mm -hmm. which one I love the most, because if I'm depending on what kind of mood I'm in, you know, Low is sometimes the only album that's going to do it for me, testament-wise. Um, so, yeah, they got heavier, turned up the groove element. Um, I just, yeah, just the fact that this band decides to do something a little different and then they nail it like, yeah. several times. Um, and it sounds great. It's produced It's produced by G -G -G Garth, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know... That guy apparently rules as a producer because he's been on a lot of shit that sounds fantastic, and this album sounds fantastic. Um, so yeah, um, we don't we we talked about this already, but it is a killer album, killer songs. Um, and the but yeah, riffs like I said, are obese. tons tons of great riffs. But like I said earlier, this is the last piece of the Testament puzzle. 
Like once they reach low, all of the elements of what modern Testament are have now all been explored. Yeah. And ever, ever since, you know, formation of damnation, well, I guess the gathering, they have been taking all of these different elements and making it like the, the Testament soup, if you will. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so low is it low is an amazing album and um, it's my number four. So then we'll move on to your number three. Okay. And then I'll do a nice cool edit right here for Eddie drinking water. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good to stay hydrated, folks. Um, I'm right. Especially <laughs> this because we're only is sponsored by water. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we get that? You sponsored by water? Um, <laughs> I think I did that gag in a really old um, Eddie Sparks video. It was it wasn't even an Eddie Sparks video. It was an old Eddie McEighties pre Eddie Sparks. Me just fucking around on wow. the old channel. Wow, that's a throwback. Yep. And we and it, for us, if we we would it, we'd have to be sponsored by tap water. Like it would be, it wouldn't be, yeah. a, it wouldn't be a water company. You know, we wouldn't get fucking Dasani or some shit. Ah um, nah. It would be it'd be sponsored by tap water. <laughs> Just go to your go to your sink right now. Yeah. And get some. Sponsored by your local reservoir. <laughs> Make sure you have a filter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that if that's the same thing over in England, but over here, like tap water, you know, you don't don't just don't just drink it. Mm. <laughs> get, get, get a filter. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I remember hearing about um, Flint, Michigan, having like crazy polluted. I water. they I believe they still have crazy polluted water in Flint, Michigan. So yeah, that's yeah. that's how great our country is. Is that people suffer somewhere, and the country just goes, yeah, we got other things to do. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we were going to fix that, but the vibe was off, you know. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> we got all wrapped up in some other thing, and we just kind of forgot about it. Uh, right. Yeah. Number, you're you're but, number three, sir, is where we are. Sorry, I was just orientating myself with all of my gubbins on the screen. Gubbins, that's a new term that I'm, I'm now learning. What does that mean? I... I shit everywhere <laughs> what I'm all right uh, um well yeah, get ready for get ready for a bunch of gubbins folks because it's a bunch of gubbins. <laughs> it's, it's just gubbins from here on out or for the entire episode really that's that's what that, if i ever get like a, a a crazy successful career enough to have a greatest hits album i'm just gonna call it a bunch of gubbins <laughs> <laughs> I always like I always liked uh, the the uh, the ZZ Top Greatest Hits album. Have you ever seen the cover of that, where it's just got a bunch of like Which one? scantily clad women, and yeah. it says Greatest Hits, but there's a microphone hanging in front of it, so it makes it look like Greatest Tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good move, ZZ Top. I I you gotta love it. Um, where where am I at? Number three. Number three. Number three. My, br my brain do be farting. Um. Cool. Maybe you need a doobie. <laughs> is that a, is that an old man reference saying doobie? We, 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 we just we just gonna train train a gag so it just won't just won't end. <laughs> um, cool. Num number three. My number three is the legacy. Okay. There you go. And um, my reasons are as follows. Uh, over the wall 
absolutely perfect way to open this album. What a thrash classic. Yeah. Um, you get the haunting. Not only are the leads in Testament impeccable, but even the rhythm parts have me astounded, and this is one of them. Um, burnt Offerings. That kind of spooky intro going into the groovy riff, and then like that evil verse riff. Everything here is is awesome. Yeah. Um, the production is a bit murky, but I feel like that adds to the album's scary kind of vibe. Because I remember, like, as a young metalhead, when I first saw that album cover, I was like, "This looks fucking scary, dude!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like my my very like twelve year old impression of seeing that like skull looking thing in a window. I was like, "Like, I wouldn't want to wake up and see that." <laughs> um, but then then you get raging waters. Uh, the Devil's Triangle! <laughs> Fucking always gets me. Because mm. um, of the Legions of Death! Or C-O-T-L-O-D. We, we got a two-for-one deal there. We got, the, we got the brackets and we got the full stops. Holy shit, that was a good one. Or, in layman's terms, Cotlod. <laughs> <laughs> um... This that's, is that, a, that's not, that doesn't sound like anything good. <laughs> no, it sounds like I, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to be able to make it to work today. I got a really bad case of cotlod. <laughs> it's a it's a new strain of ligma. <laughs> if you heard if you heard what? those ligma jokes, no, <laughs> ligma balls, bitch. Oh, Whoa! that was good. That was a it's good a one. that's an off offshoot of sugma. But that's a real disease, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Curse of the Legions of Death. Unrelenting, rippingly fast song. Probably one of the fastest thrash songs I think of when someone, you know, mentions what's the fastest thrash song you know. It's one, it's one of them. Um, what do you think the fastest thrash song you know is while well, it's on my mind? I don't know, Necrophobic by Slayer. Maybe uh, uh, Im- Imitation of Life by Anthrax is really fast. Ooh. Arise, um, Sepultura. That one's quick. Yeah, Arise is is a fast one. Um, but I, I think ne- Necrophobic is like there's got to be it's got to be that's really fast. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if anybody out there knows, um, I'm sure somebody out there has gone and listened and measured the BPMs or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, yeah. and then uh, and come out with a with an answer to that. So somebody somebody let us know. I also want to I also want to uh, reiterate uh, fastest thrash song that is possible to be played by humans because nowadays oh, yeah. you nowadays you can MIDI shit that's like nine hundred BPM and it's like no no one in, no one no mortal man is hitting that shit. <laughs> also, also yeah also for yeah for it to be legit the cutoff has to be in the nineties like anything past the nineties I don't trust it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't trust modern drumming at all. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a shame. It's like a, it's like a toxic boyfriend. It promises you a lot, but does it deliver? (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, Do or die. Killer track. Oh no. How could I forget to talk about first strike is deadly? Hold on. Some of the most blood curdling high screams ever put to tape are on this song like like absolutely mental stuff like early chuck billy 
is a different beast altogether. Yeah. Like, oh, um, uh, do or die killer song alone in the dark is the most melodic of all the tracks on here. Uh, and apocalyptic city is an awesome closer. It's a very all killer, no filler balls to the wall album. Yeah. Uh, like, like I say, the production's a bit muddy compared to their more tightened production as they would go on. But the songs are so undeniably furious that you just don't question it while it's happening. It's 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 too brutally quick to comprehend sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to argue. It's a classic, but I do understand why you put it at like you put it at six or five or six. Six, yeah, six, yeah. I I understand that because I I feel I as mean, like they the, would uh, get better. Yeah, the only re- I mean the big reason is that of course it's at number 6 if you th- if you think about how I feel about the last you know, all these last albums I'm talking about, you know, mm-hmm. even going coming into my number 3 which um uh that's that's why I think you you and I like you're are cut cut from the same cloth cuz we both have this album up high. Uh number 3 for me is The Ritual from uh 1992. Nice. Um the, I feel this is one that you know, it's legitimately an underrated album. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's albums that I, this deserves so much more love than it gets. Yeah. Um, and, um, that, you know, I, I, I'll, I, I'll say the same shit over and over again, but that's what makes, what makes a great band is albums like this in their discography where there's, you get different kinds of things that are very well done. And, you know, Obviously, if you're coming into Testament wanting the fast old school thrash sound, this isn't, uh, yeah, this isn't what you're going to want, but that's no reason to look at it and go like, this album isn't any good or this album, they the, or they were sellouts or whatever. I mean, because it's like, yeah. that's that's the thing. Is it like, I, I've said it about the Black album and I'll say it about all these other albums. Like, there's no guarantee that any of this shit was going to make them rich or famous. It, it's mm. just your gut instinct of what, what do we want to do next? And, um, I, I love this album. It's the last with the classic Testament lineup. Um, funny enough, recorded at the same studio as the black album. Did you know that? Um, I, I think I do. I think I do remember one-on-one studios. Wow. Um, which I don't think exists anymore. I think one-on-one studios has been, it was, um, shut down. I think I fuck. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I this album was, sh- so, sorry, I, th- I think it was, um, acquired by a different company and renamed. I'm oh, not okay. t- I, th- I think it's still there, but it's under different ownership. Okay. Um, yeah. but yeah, I agree. I think this album should be have been huge. <laughs> I mean, I, I this should, that literally should be the beginning of every episode that we do. Like we could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to like that South Park disclaimer at the start that always plays where it's like, this shouldn't be viewed by anyone. <laughs> Well, I mean, eventually, like if we ever actually got to the point where, you know, we were making money off this and we had a staff, we would have somebody on hand to be like, can you look that up real quick? So we're not talking out of our asses. So we don't have to do it. To make sure we're spreading the exact right amount of COVID misinformation. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So don't um, worry, we're we're not pulling ourselves from Spotify anytime soon. (laughs) <laughs> we, we don't, there's there's no 
that's uh, that it's funny because like that that kind of thing does strike me as like yeah um we, we we're the people that should be showing up being like we're pulling our stuff from spotify and literally nobody gives a shit <laughs> it's like it's like we're we're back we're backing up neil young on this but like there was like who the fuck are you <laughs> even old people young people nobody knows who you are you're completely irrelevant <laughs> Oh, it's like you see on the news the next day, you like just switch on the TV. The radical group, otherwise known as the peanut butter platypuses, have stormed the capital once more. Like, <laughs> oh man. And we only did it because we uh, needed to use the bathroom. We're just like, insurrection! <laughs> um, so, yeah, the ritual. Anyway. Um, I feel like the problem with this album is that maybe it was a year or two too late. Like maybe it, if it had come out in 1991, it would have been more successful. I mean, it was, I think it was moderately successful for them, but it just didn't blow up in the way that I think that it should have. Um, I should, cause it should have been, I feel like, you know, black album was huge countdown to extinction seemed like it did pretty damn well too. And I feel like mm. this should have at least done that level countdown to extinction level, you know, popularity and sales and whatnot. Um, but there's so much great songwriting on this. And I just love the fact that they, they was like, you know what, let's slow it down. Let's branch out. And they fucking nailed it. And it's still heavy. It still sounds like a Testament album to me. Like they all the elements are still there. It's just, they're presented in a different way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of their best albums in my opinion. Um, and, um, you know, I, all of these albums, like, you know, have, have their place. Like I think, uh, you know, up one, all the way through, you know, my number four, my top four could to me all just be a joint number one for different mm. reasons. Yeah. And, um, the only difference here with the ritual is that it's not the best example of Testament. So if somebody came to me and said, I have heard of this band Testament, what do they sound like? I wouldn't give them the ritual. But mm. it would be one of the first albums I recommended. It'd be like after you listen to this album, and maybe this one, don't don't sleep on the ritual because it's yeah. fucking great. Um, so yeah, I don't have you know I don't have much more to add from what you said. I, it's a great album and um, deserves more love. So the ritual is my number three. Cool. So my number, number two. two, top number two, two baby. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. So my number two is The New Order. Cool. So the production gets an upgrade. Everything is much clearer, but still retains that dark, uh, mysterious aura paired with the chunky, heavy, chaotic sound that they created on the debut. Yeah. And right out of the gate, Eerie Inhabitants is awesome. It tears you a new one. Uh, the New Order title track, frantic chorus. The Phrygian Eastern guitar harmonies in Testament are a gift to this undeserving world. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, they should put that on the back of one of their albums. Yeah, I wholeheartedly support that. If if I got if I got a quote on the back of a Testament album, I've made it. I've made it, people. True. That is success. Um, Trial by Fire is one of my favorite like top three testament songs this is exactly what i come to this band for with like heaviness that 
groove thrash sort of thing that they just nail and mm -hmm. catchy hooks you know um into the pit that riff is pure evil and i love it it sounds so sinister specifically designed for moshing and it shows um hypnosis is this uh i couldn't have been more 80s when i wrote this it was like totally red instrumental spooky track um <laughs> <laughs> now i suppose that this is where um you know on the record you would be flipping it over because it's straight in the middle of the album which is cool but i remember hearing this on a obviously on a cd when i was buying cds because i was a teenager and told this story um you know when i heard this i was like oh okay that was cool and then disciples of the watch also opens with like a spooky clean guitar and i was like could yeah. they have just like run that straight into that and it's like they probably did but they just had to turn it down and turn it back <laughs> up to make it work on a record um but yeah, it, oh, and then you get uh, oh, the tasteful soloing on this album is amazing. Uh, Disciples of the Watch is a ripper of a song. Yeah. The Preacher, more the ripping. Preacher! <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's got one of the cheekiest riffs ever, too. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody's Fault, Aerosmith cover, and a damn good one. It fits yep. their style really well. Um uh, a Day of Reckoning, the thing I love so much about this album and the ones following it is that they don't always feel the need to go at like Slayer speeds. To me, the best thrash is when a band finds like they do a nasty upbeat kind of thing, but also have a mid-tempo chug zone, you know, where they can go like, love it. And then Musical Death, a dirge uh, this is like next level composition right here this is like neoclassical stuff and like the irony of it at the time if this was played by an orchestra or written by mozart the the old folks would like heap praise on it but oh, sure heavy metal is a waste of time yeah. um but yeah incredible album fuck yeah how to follow up a classic 101 yeah awesome yeah cool Number so if, if numero deuce if anyone had any money on uh what our rankings would be and thought that this was going to be a matchup for our top two you were right you have mm. uh we have a matchup for our top two my number two is the new order from 1988 nice. um i don't really have much more to add this album is amazing and an absolute classic um, like I said, you know, the, the gripes I have about the legacy, like they, they're totally improved here. Everything is improved. Songwriting, yeah. lyrics, uh, performances and production. Everything is a, a big step up in my opinion. And it's just banger after banger. So here's the thing. And this is exactly how I felt when I did my old ranking a few years ago or whatever. Um, it's a really good album, but when you really boil it down, it's only seven actual Testament songs on this album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you have Nobody's Fault, which is an amazing song, a great Aerosmith song, and, and their version is great. Funny enough, they did a video for it, for Nobody's yeah. Fault, which is like weird that they chose. Well, I guess at that point, it, it was kind of a thing that you did cover songs and you would do videos for them, like antisocial and stuff like that. 
Aerosmith also had like a big second wind in the late 80s. So I guess they did because 87 was permanent vacation. So yeah, this would have been right at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then they have instrumentals, which the instrumentals are great. But, you know, from Alex Skolnick's mouth, he said they only did those in order to fill time because the album was already too short. So they did these instrumentals to to you know make it a little longer, and it's still a short album. But to me, it's a perfect. I love albums that are around thirty minutes. Like yeah, same. You don't understand how fucking happy. I'm not going to talk about what I think about it because that'll come later on in another show. But the new Corn album just came out, and it's thirty three minutes long, and I'm like, fuck yes, mm. that is how you fucking do it. Don't waste any yeah. time. Thirty three minutes. Anyway, I just love that, especially people doing it today. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, 30, 30 to 40 minutes. Hit, hit me with that. Boom. That, if it's quality shit, guess what? I'm going to play this shit again. So, yeah. Anyway, so um, New Order is one of the best thrash albums ever, in my opinion. But yeah, there, it's, it's, it's has its things that it, it, I can't put it at number one just because it's amazing. But I, I, I feel like, they would improve on this. Even though this is a classic, they, in, to me, take this and do it better with our joint number one. You want to go ahead and uh, and uh, bring it on in? Practice what you preach! Preach! Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, practice what you preach, our joint number one. So from 1989, um, this is my introduction to Testament, so that there's an important thing there. Uh, but let's, 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 let's jump into it. You, uh, get in, get into it, babes. Uh, <laughs> cheers. It's, it's um, funny cause that's what, it's funny because that's what I call my wife a lot. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes like a cheeky thing that I'll say to you and I'm just like, Oh, maybe, you know, hopefully, yeah, she, you know. Doesn't, hopefully she doesn't get, um, jealous. Cause you know, we, you know, we, uh, we you and I have a good relationship, but yeah. you're not my type. <laughs> oh she she's she's mad jealous she keeps texting me has he said it again <laughs> uh but i mean what can i say this album i slept on for a little bit i I'd, I'd heard the legacy and i'd heard um the new order and i yeah. i bought this one as well but because i you, you ever get it where you kind of buy albums in bulk and it takes a minute for like one of them to sink in, but when yep. it does, it becomes your favorite of all of them. Um, that's what happened here. And I remember the first time I actually gave this album a proper listen. I was about, I was about 15 and I was in a like st- study room revising for a test. And I, I decided kind of sucks sitting here in silence. So I kind of snuck, my uh ipod out of my mm-hmm. pocket and like because i was in a certain area of the room where i could get away with like you know having a headphone and i was like i just put one in and i only heard like half of the album so to speak but i was yeah. hearing these like these thrash songs that had massive hooks and i thought oh my god this is the best one i've heard yet how the fuck was i sleeping on this album um because I'll jump into my track by track, mm-hmm. practice what you preach. They finally reached that full on 50, 50 balance of heaviness and catchiness. Like 
it is apparent from the very start of this album that you are in for a for a damn good experience uh, perilous nation only doubles down on that because you mm-hmm. can tell you can kind of tell that this was a post and justice for all album because of the kick drum alone is quite clicky but but there's the- there's so many examples of this drum sound and so mm. many not even the same producers sometimes like this <laughs> like the producer of this album i think was was also responsible for when the storm comes down by flotsam and jetsam which is widely yeah. regarded as a shittily produced album but um <laughs> but uh but I, I don't. It doesn't bother me here. But like, there are a lot of albums from this era where the drums and especially the kick drums are really loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that was the little ASMR segment. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, but yeah, something as well. Like at least with this one, you can hear the bass, even if it is very like jangly yeah. and midi. But. I kind of like that about the album because I would much prefer and I would much prefer albums to have unique sonic qualities than just be cookie cutter what people think is good all the time. Yeah, yeah. And while like from an objective standpoint this might not be the quote unquote best sounding testament album. No, I, I would say that's either the ritual it. or low would be the best yeah. sounding testament albums, but yeah. But from a songwriting perspective, like I look at like these track listings, and all I can think of is choruses. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, time is coming. Yeah, the last song of time. Envy life. Like, yeah, that's like, like it's stuck in my head to this day. Even when I'm not even listening to Testament, you're albums, as good as dead. Yeah, it'll just somehow <laughs> be in my head. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's the thing. You can start to hear. Um, it's kind of like if Let Go of My World like lasted a whole album because I love that <laughs> song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, oh man, you get four insanely catchy songs in a row right out of the mm-hmm. gate with this album. Then you get Blessed in Contempt, which is real thrashy, Greenhouse Effect. They oh, really man. know their they really know their mean guitar harmonies. They know how to make something sound like you wouldn't want to pick a fight with it. Um, <laughs> Sins of a Mission is more undiluted, awesome, great chorus. And, you know, you get the ballad. It's cool. I won't skip it. It is, In terms of songs, it's probably my least favorite on the record in terms of flow. Yeah, but I do really like it. Uh, then you get nightmare coming back to coming you. Back to you, yeah. Uh, it's an up tempo punky thrasher, and then you get confusion fusion, which is this cool instrumental closer. And this album is tighter in production. It's got catchy songs. It's still in the thrash zone, and it is the perfect all rounder, all encompassing classic testament record in my yeah. opinion. I yeah. I agree. I absolutely I couldn't have said that any better. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> um. Yeah. This is one of my favorite albums. Period. Yeah. Um. It's remained a, an album that I've loved ever since I first heard it. And um. Um. Like yeah, everything is just is improved here. Um. But the big thing for me is Chuck 
Chuck Billy's vocals, they, they all of a sudden are very, they're more dynamic. Yeah. And the lyrics all of a sudden get better because like all of a sudden it's not occult type shit. It's yeah. more political, social kind of stuff, which I've it always goes from preferred. Like Dungeons and Dragons to an inconvenient truth. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, I mean, obviously some people would prefer things to be, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, I guess. But I've always preferred lyrics about real shit because, like, mm. that's to me, real life is scarier than some s- story about a demon. Um, <laughs> I mean, this the Satan stuff is cute, but you know, it only goes so far with me. It's just, you know, that the, the, I don't know. So, like, so a lot of my favorite thrash bands are the ones that usually shied away from being all like devil and Satan and shit like that. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, I just love the fact that like, they clearly were just so good at what they were doing that they just branched out as songwriters, as performers, riff writers, everything. Um, um, I, obviously like this isn't this, I wouldn't call this their most varied album, Mm. but I would say that definitely it's their strongest like song to song album. Yeah. Um, I think the ballad's great. I've always really liked the ballad because the ballad isn't, it doesn't have like verse, chorus, verse structure to it. Mm. And I've always, I've always liked that, how the song just kind of builds. Um, it doesn't really have like a back and forth. And, and cause like the, you, you think of a ballad and it always has soft verse, big yeah. chorus, but this doesn't have that. It gets bigger at the end. That's what she said. But you know it's <laughs> it's uh it is it's just a great it's a great song. Um and I've said it before, I want more bands to do ballads. Not just that. I, I Wait, yours I, gets I, bigger after? <laughs> not near, near near the end, near the end, okay? <laughs> Once it's over, then it's, you know, all bets are off. But um but uh but and even like in, instrumentals, like you know, confusion fusion. I I like it's a great closer to the album, and I and that's another thing that I wish bands would do. I don't mean give me a two minute intro, like like mm. do an instrumental and try to do something interesting that doesn't need vocals, especially bands that don't have a lead vocalist. Like if there's if everyone plays instruments, which obviously isn't testament, but I just wish that more. It was more. Uh, I wish that metal fans were were better. because i because i hate the fact that i know that testament probably for the most part do whatever they want but i also feel like bands like them and all all these other sort of old school thrash bands they're all very talented but i i I hate that they it seems like they're stuck in this thrash metal box where there's no wiggle room Mm. and if there was, then we would get more instrumentals. We would get more slower tempoed stuff. We would get an album where they decided to do something very different than what they did before. But the fact that it's just such a, it's become such a given that metal fans are just going to be mad that it's just created a shitty environment for metal bands. <laughs> it's just, and, um, yeah, I won't go on and on about that because I've ta- I've said that enough times on my channel that um, metal fans are the problem with metal. Um, it's not the bands. <laughs> Some of the bands are shitty, but for the most part, I really do think that it's 
it's the mentality that you're not supposed to do anything different. Um, but you know, practice what you preach to me. Like I said before, if somebody came to me and said, who's Testament, this is the album that I would give to them because it's, it sounds the most like classic Testament, but also the best presentation of what that classic Testament sound was. And so, um, it's my number one. It's our joint number one. Um, I had a feeling because I knew, knew that you really liked this album. And, yeah. um, so it was on uh, my yeah. 1989 list way back when. Yeah. That's an early that's, one. That's been a while. Um, yeah. but yeah, we, we, uh, we, oh yeah, no, we, we, we did it. So three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we did it. Nice. Um, Testament done. 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 <laughs> I know that's not what Chuck Billy does, but it's the only way that I can do it. The inhale. Is that a, would that be considered a pig kind of thing? Yeah, I was doing a <laughs> Chris 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 Barnes is right. Death metal vocals now are lame. Now, here's the problem. Have you seen all that that controversy? Chris Barnes talking shit about metal yeah. death metal vocalists now? So here's the problem. He he's right, but he's the wrong person to be making that argument. <laughs> because sure, he was he was really he was really important back in the day, but he's he's really not great now. Sorry, Chris, if you happen to watch, but um, I'm not I'm not a six feet under fan, and I don't think his vocals are very good anymore. That's just one man's opinion. So if so, it's almost like John Tardy needs to say that. Okay, so he's somebody that still has the chops. <laughs> needs to <laughs> needs to say these things. Death metal vocals are bad now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that pretty good. Chopped it out. Feel the blood spill from your mouth. <laughs> I just yeah. found out I can do a pretty good John Tardy. Yeah, I mean, good enough anyway. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So uh, pretty that's good. A, that's for that's for a different. Uh, Different show um, when we talk about death. Greg direct. <laughs> <laughs> no, it have to be Greg direct. <laughs> you need like a, a few South Park Timmy ad libs in there. <laughs> um, but yes. So testament that fully ranked. We hope you enjoyed it. We had we had a lot of tangents. I, I, I mean, I, I've made it my goal that you know whenever something pops into my head, I'm gonna say it because mm. I feel like a lot of people enjoy it. I know that there's at least one of you out there that does not um, enjoy the our humor, <laughs> but um. And probably a lot of people that just move on because they were like, oh, damn it. Why can't they just do these rankings in 20 minutes? <laughs> Why do they got to be two hour videos? Hey, they're not they're not the peanut butter platypuses, though. They're the peanut butter piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what they are. Um, That's a good callback, too. I don't even remember what episode that was from that I said that. Hey, yeah, mugs. Home. You can buy a mug that says peanut butter platypus and has our ugly mugs on the mug. And you can drink your coffee out of it. Um, yeah. Ow. So that's so that's that's, Hit that's the end in the of eye. testament. <laughs> don't do that, man. Yeah, it's bad. Bad I, for my eyesight. I mean, I guess we don't necessarily need your eyes for this show. So whatever, poke away. <laughs> I come back and I'm just blinded myself for no reason. <laughs> you're going to prove I could. <laughs> you're going to be like the Scorpions album cover with like the forks in your eyes. Or yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just screaming the entire time in complete agony as glass shatters around me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah. Of course, That'll we'd have to fix the shattering sounds in post, but hey-ho, <laughs> cross that bridge. I don't, I, I, that's going to be, I don't know how to do these things. That's why we need, that's why we need everybody out there to promote this show. So eventually we can get some money and a crew so we can actually have some production value to our shit. Um, Cause right yeah. now it's just two dudes. You know, I, I, I like the fact that, that, you know, the podcasting world and the YouTube world exists to allow this kind of thing to happen. But how long yeah. is it going to take before all of a sudden it, it, nobody cares anymore? Like two dudes talking. Cause every other day there's a new channel that pops up with another dude who's like, here's my favorite metal albums. I'm like, dude, okay. At this point, dude, you are jumping into a huge pool of, I mean, you got to bring something new. I, I don't want to say that we are like the forbidden of the podcast scene, but we are oh, kind of are. crazy underrated. Like, mm, really fucking, fucking good, good, but not appreciated anywhere near enough. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Pretty I, I fucking like unappreciated, Al. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, a, a diehard, right? It is. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway. Greatest that, Christmas uh, movie ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the first guy to say that. <laughs> no. Um, Die Hard 2, also a very good Christmas movie. <laughs> anyway, before we get into a Die Hard tangent, With we'll do Muppets that Christmas Carol sandwiched perfectly in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so that's oh, yeah. the end of this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for watching. Peanut Butter Platypus to all of you out there. Um, go buy some merch. Um... Go donate to your local charity because you know we we gotta promote some good too. Go do that, um, but we, but if you have money left over, buy some merch. Anyway, yeah. all right, cool. So that's the end of this episode. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with another exciting episode of Cranked and Ranked. And as usual, I'm gonna throw it over to Mister Eddie Sparks to take us out. Ha, ha, ha.